Welcome to an incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, Associate Pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. I hope everyone is doing well this morning. It's good to see everyone. It's a good day to be in the house of God. Um, I was taught by my grandmother when I was, a, when I was young um, the importance of going to church. And uh, she was, uh, my grandmother, Anne Marie Taylor, uh, was a real Bonnie and Clyde type, type uh, testimony. You know, ended up in jail because her boyfriend, you know, actually really did rob a bank. <laughs> and she went to, went to prison, went to jail, and got out. And eventually she got saved and she became a minister. And she instilled in us while she lived with my mom in, in us for a good two, three years, the importance of being in church and the importance of calling on the Lord. And uh, I still remember some of those things. And so when I heard that song, you know, I call your name, I, you know, I thought about my grandmother. You know, thank God for, um, for family members and for, uh, for parents and grandparents who instill the word of God in us and our life. Amen? Amen. They're foundational and they're things that I didn't forget and many times uh, many people don't. So, um, Well, listen, guys, if you are ready to jump in the Word, so am I. And uh, we're going to be in 2 Timothy today, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And the title of the message this morning is Continue in the Faith. Continue in the Faith. There are some things that are just worth us continuing to do, to keep on keeping on. And uh, we're going to talk about that very thing today. And um, as you are looking in your Bibles and pulling up or turning on your Bibles, whichever one it is, um, we are, um, uh, again, we're in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. And um, here in this letter, Paul is the writer, the Apostle Paul is the writer of this letter, and he's nearing the end of his life. In fact, it was after this letter, not too long after this, that he would be martyred. He was killed for, for preaching the gospel. And um, he was in prison when he wrote this letter. And there were a few times those who have, who have been um, through some of the series that, we have, that I've been going through here in the first service. We went through the book of 1 Thessalonians. And, um, you know, we talked about how Paul was in prison three different times. Well, this was that third and final time that's recorded, and uh, what we know from, uh, from church history is that uh, he, was, uh, he would then be martyred. But in this letter, he is writing to a man named Timothy, and some of you know him, some of, some of you may not know much about Timothy, but Timothy was a young man who joined Paul. He gave his life in service of bringing Jesus to the world around them. And he joined uh, Paul during his second missionary journey and continued with him for a while. And about eight years into him serving alongside Paul, uh, there was a a city named Ephesus. And uh, it was there at Ephesus that Paul needed to put a faithful servant there as the pastor of that church. And he called on young Timothy to pastor that church. And that's when he wrote the letter, 1 Timothy, which you'll find right before the letter that we're reading today. 
And, and uh, that was an encouragement to Timothy to continue or specifically to not let people look down on you because you were young, but to bring instruction, to instruct the church on how it should operate and to make sure to bring order and to lead them into sound doctrine and sound teaching. Well, four years pass, passes, approximately four years have passed between 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. When you go from the last chapter of 1 Timothy and the first chapter of 2 Timothy, about four years or so have passed. And at this time, he again, he's writing to Timothy from prison, and this is the last letter that he would write. And in this letter, he is sharing his heart. He is sharing his heart with Timothy. And it's clear in some of the things that he says in this letter that he's nearing the end of his life. But there are some things that were important to him that he wanted to leave with Timothy. And I believe that there are some things, the same things that he wanted for Timothy, God wants for us today. And we're going to dive in in chapter 3. We're going to read, the, we're going to read ch- ch- chapter 3 in its entirety to get the heart of what God, I believe, is wanting to say to us today. So let's go ahead. We're going to begin in verse 1. Paul begins with this. He says, and, and, and by the way, I'm reading from the ESV version. It says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. In the King James and the New King James Version, it says that perilous times will come, describing evil times with people with, with evil intent is what it's referring to. But in the last days, he, he, he's calling it the last days, uh, there, will be, there will be times of difficulty. Verse 2, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without, without, without self-control, brutal, not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. Wow. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And he says to avoid such people. Verse 6, for among them are those who creep into the households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions. And of these people, he says, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so those men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith, but they, will, but they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was of those two men. Now, we're going to stop here for just a moment. We'll continue reading in, a, in, um, in just a few minutes. But uh, I wanted to, 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 to stop and take a look at what Paul was saying here. And before we do that, he mentions two, uh, two guys, Janus and Jambres. It's the only time that we see their names in the Word of God. But according to Jewish history, they believe that, that he's referring to the magicians that were with Pharaoh who opposed Moses. And that they would concoct some type of, uh, uh, he, they would try to repeat the plagues that God was doing. 
to say, oh, this, this isn't God. This is just something that they're doing. And he says that in the same way that these guys opposed Moses, in the same way the people that Paul is describing in these last days will oppose God and oppose the truth. But it's interesting here, Paul is painting a picture of a day that Timothy was headed for. And he was painting a picture of a day where the world would become self-centered and not an opposite of being God-centered. He was referring to the last days. And uh, he depicts an evil world where people were encouraged to love themselves, being selfish rather than serving others, encouraging people to love money, and encouraging them to get it at all costs. People that were full of themselves and lead an example for others to do the same thing. Abusive, specifically verbally abusive, tearing other people down. Disrespectful to parents with no value for the family unit. Ungrateful, feel entitled rather than being thankful. Unloving toward others, meaning inhumane in a sense towards other people, slandering others without regard, making false accusations, gossip and lies, hateful speech, people who are out of control, people who are brutal in their attitude and physically brutal, despising what is good, meaning people who hate what is good in anybody who does good. Treacherous, meaning to be like a traitor who betrays their friends, who say one thing but do another. Reckless and swollen with conceit, meaning that they're blinded by their own self-worth. Wow, that's pretty interesting, huh? Blinded by their pride. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They don't want to give up their sinful behavior because, it, because they know that it opposes God. And they look, they, they uh, have a form of godliness but, but deny its power. In other words, they look godly or they say that they're godly, but they lack the proof of their life. It describes a person who has some of these evil or some of these attributes that are listed above, but yet they claim to be spiritual. They claim to be religious. They claim to know God, but yet they live a completely different life. They pick and choose what they will believe in the Word of God. And this is who Paul is referring to when he says avoid these people. I don't think Paul is saying to avoid anybody who sins. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying avoid people who need Jesus. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is avoid people who say that they are a Christian, who say that they believe in Jesus, but their life is far from it. They claim to be a Christian and they claim to follow God, but they live in a way that's contrary to the truth. He says avoid those people. Avoid those people. And when we read this list, when I read this list, it really doesn't seem like much has changed in, in almost 2,000 years. 
In fact, I would say that we have gotten better at doing a lot of these things. When he talks about the last days, he was, fer- he was referring to the days that, the days after Paul that Timothy was stepping in. And if those were the last days, then today we are definitely living in those same last days closer to the coming of the Lord. And we still are in a culture where people are being encouraged to love themselves. It's almost celebrated to do you, live your own truth, be a good person. That's all just a sell on just loving yourself. It's about you. There's nothing that brings you closer to the Lord. The love of money. That's, you know, to encourage to to go and get money at all costs. In fact, I would say that much of the mess that we find ourselves in today are because of people who are in power who just want more money. They're willing to compromise their values to increase their bottom line. People who are full of themselves, making everything about themselves. Disrespectful to parents, destroying the family unit, devaluing it and trying to destroy it. We see it today. And, and he talks about, talks about um, being, being unloving towards others, inhumane in a sense. And we look at some of the inhumane things that are that are celebrated and encouraged in our own culture, like the killing of a young baby before it's ever born. How humane, inhumane and how brutal that is. And yet it's just, it's encouraged. It's something that's done every single day. It even has laws behind it. People who uh, are unloving toward others and slander other people. Social media has become a platform to where people can slander others without regard, without any consequences. You can say what you say, you can say what you want to say, trying to hurt people. It's become a norm in our culture. Despising what is good. And I would say that this is a picture of what we are seeing in Israel right now despising what is good and embracing what is evil. What we are seeing between Russia and Ukraine, the the amount of hate, the amount of evil that is happening in our culture and around the world, it's a picture. This, this, you know, we can lay this on top of of today and we see the same thing. And then also people who claim to be Christians. And they really claim to be Christians, but yet their life does not validate their claim. And we shouldn't be surprised because the Word of God tells us that that Satan has blinded the world. And people are blind to the truth. But it is a fact that it is the world that we are living in. And things do seem to be getting worse and worse. We're getting closer and closer to the day that Jesus is returning. 
But I love that Paul didn't just end here. He didn't end and, and, and leave Timothy on a down note. He didn't leave him with just all the troubles and all the bad things that were ahead of him. But instead, he continues in verse 10 and he says this, You, however, making the contrast, have followed my teaching. You have followed my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch, at Iconium, and and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord, uh, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Laying out everything that Paul wanted Timothy to know that he's headed towards in the last days, Paul reminds him of the example that he left for Timothy. He reminds him of the example that he lived. You know, Paul was intentional in how he taught and what he taught. He was intentional in how he lived. He was intentional in in what he believed. He was intentional how he spent his time and how he treated others. He was intentional about what he stood for. He knew that his life was being watched, and he did, and so he intentionally lived his life in a way that it would be a life that was worth following. He encouraged others to follow him as he followed Christ. Paul wanted Timothy to recall the example that Paul had set for him. And I love this intentionality. I love him being so intentional about the example that he wanted to set. He deliberately lived his life for Jesus knowing that other people were watching him. Knowing that the Tituses, the the Timothys, the the Epaphroditus, you know, all the people that, that were in ministry, but then even those who had just come to Christ, even those who had yet to know Christ, he lived his life in a way for people to see an example of what it meant to follow Jesus. And the truth is, is that whether we know it or not, whether we see it or not, whether we want to or not, and whether we like it or not, people notice us. People notice you. People watch you. They watch how you live your life. They, lo- they watch how you raise your family. They watch how you navigate the issues in your own life and the, and the issues that everyone else is going through. They watch you in public. They watch you everywhere, whether we want to or not. And if that's the case, let us be intentional how we live our life. Let's be intentional knowing that people are watching how we live. I know that Paul is speaking to Timothy, who was a minister of the gospel, but let me tell you that you don't have to be a pastor, you don't have to be a minister to set an example in following Jesus. Amen? Whether you're a father or a mother, whether you're a, whether you're a spouse, whether you're a grandparent, 
whether you're a friend, whether you're a sibling, whether you're a, a child, whatever that, that relationship is, it doesn't matter. You are an example. You can be an example by being intentional with how you follow Jesus. And we want to look back. And if people, if people are watching us, we want to make sure that where we are leading them is going to lead them to Jesus. I want to make sure that I'm not leading them in a direction that's going to get them off the grid. I want to make sure I'm living a life that when people are following me, that they are going to follow Jesus. And that is what Paul ultimately is saying here and what I believe that God wants for our life. Let us be intentional how we spend our time and how we, how, how we, uh, how we treat others and how we, how we uh, speak to others. Let us be intentional with what we believe and be intentional in our faith. Let's be intentional with every part of our life. And after reminding Timothy of this, Paul continues to encourage him in verse 14. This is where we'll finish out this, the rest of this chapter, chapter. He says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from who you learned it and how from, child, from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching and for reproof and for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Amen. In light of the last days that Timothy was headed for, Paul's encouragement for him was to continue and what he had learned. To continue. That word continue is the Greek word mano, meaning to persevere. It means to keep going. It means to not let go. It means to, to not give up, but to, but to keep going, to push through and to persevere. To not get wavered, but to stand firm and to continue to move forward. In spite of the state of the world that Timothy would find himself in, Paul encourages him to persevere and to continue in what, had, what he had been taught. He encouraged him to continue in the faith. He encouraged him simply, as crazy as the world that he was, go, that he was going to find himself in, to simply continue in the faith. Even though perilous times were coming in the last days, Paul's encouragement was for him to continue in the faith. Even though that there would be dangerous men who would be lovers of self and lovers of money, he encouraged them to continue in the faith. Though the world would be filled with people who despise what was good, he encouraged them to continue in the faith. Even though that there would be hardship and persecution, when he, because he followed Jesus, he encouraged him to continue in the faith. What encouraging and wise words that we can take for today. As we find ourselves in a mess of a world. It's a mess. But Paul and the word of God is clear 
to not be wavered off of what we have always stood on to try to find a, to try to find a different solution. Instead, let us fix our eyes ahead and continue, simply continue in the faith. That even though things seem to be waxing worse and worse, and the, and, and the, and the climate around us seems to become more and more dangerous, let us continue in the faith. Let us as believers continue to lift up the name of Jesus. Let us continue to uphold the word of God and to live it out, to stand on it, to teach it to our children. Let us continue to be a light wherever we go. The world is simply just lost. And let us pray for people to come to Christ. Let us simply, simply continue in the faith. Let us avoid vain discussion that leads us away from the truth, as Paul says earlier in this very same book, but instead be a part of the remedy by simply continuing to follow Jesus. Amen? A few takeaways. Number one, as I just said, and will continue to say, let us, number one, do what Paul encouraged Timothy, which is to continue in the faith. Let us do that very thing. Let us not get talked into following what everyone else, know, you know, what is trending. Let us not look to the news to try to simply just find the solution. The news is going to tell us, you know, what, you know, it's going to inform us of, of information, but at the end of the day, we know the solution. His name is Jesus. People just need to know Jesus. Let us continue in the faith. Let us continue to follow him, to pray for those who don't know Jesus, and to continue to lift up his name, to stand on the word of God, and to be a light. Number two, let us be intentional as followers of Christ. Let's be intentional. And I, I, I love this with, with Paul because... Every, every time that you read, whether it was in the book of Acts or any of the letters that he wrote, it was clear that he was intentional with everything he did. He was completely committed to what, to what he was doing for Christ. But let us too, as brothers, as sisters, you know, you know, as siblings, as parents, as grandparents, as friends, co-workers, let's be intentional in setting an example as Christians. There's a lot of people who claim to be Christians, and they set a bad example. Let us, set, let us reset that example of what it means to follow Jesus. Let's set that standard so that people know that I'm not one of those guys, and that, that, that is not a Christian. That is not a believer. Let me, let me tell you what it means. Let me show you what it means to follow Jesus. You know, sometimes those who who are young in their faith, those who are Christians, sometimes they just don't know how. And they just need an example, a good example that they can follow. That person can be you. Maybe you are setting that example. Let me, let me encourage you to continue setting that example. I still remember, I will never forget when I was in high school, I was a senior in high school, and um, I was in English class. 
and it was my favorite teacher, and she was a Christian, and we were going through literature, and we went through the Word of God. We were going through Psalms, and we were talking about it, and it opened up a discussion about what we thought about the Word of God, and, and, these, and we were going over it for three days, and, and um, I remember there was this kid, and, and you know, he got up and said you know, that, that God wasn't real, and he was just saying all these things. And inside of me was just this part of me that just wanted to stand up. But, you know, I, I, I was afraid. And so I didn't say anything that day. The second day, it was another opportunity. And I knew the Lord wanted me to speak up. And I didn't. But then there was, there, there was a third day. And I told the Lord that I, I knew I needed to stand up. And so that third day, they were continuing and finishing out Psalms and Proverbs and somebody else was a cheerleader on a team, and she was, you know, was kind of, you know, I don't really know if he's true or not or this or that. And, and I, just, I just decided I was going to speak up. And I just stood up, and I just told him what I believed, that I believed in the truth, that I knew that Jesus was true and that he saved my soul, and that I believed that the word of God was the word of God. And I remember saying it, and, like, I couldn't even see anything in front of my face. I was so nervous. You know, I mean, I, you know, I was a teenager. I mean, you don't do that as a teenager, but I did it. And I sat back down, and, 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 but I, I wasn't embarrassed. I, I knew what I believed, and I, I, you know, I just sat down. And then after I said that, another person said, you know what? I believe the same thing. A second person said the same thing, and the next thing you know, three or four people spoke up. And all it took was for one person to stand up and to set that example and those who believed in Jesus followed the same. And that is true in every arena of life. Sometimes people just need an example. Sometimes people just need someone to set an example that they can follow. That person could be you. Let's be intentional. And thirdly, let us be ready and get ready for the coming of the Lord. Man, if Timothy was in the last days, come on now. We definitely in the last days. And listen, we don't know when Jesus is going to come back, but we do know that he will. And we know that when he comes, he will come suddenly. Let us be prepared. Let us be ready. We can be ready by simply, number one, by simply uh, uh, not uh, making sure that we are being sober-minded, that we are not being clouded, allowing allowing our mind to be intoxicated with, with doing things that we know we shouldn't be doing, by, by being distracted by the things that are around us, but, be, but constantly reminding ourselves. And a good way to do that is being in the Word of God, simply getting the Word of God in us every day. Let us be ready, but also by encouraging others and telling others about Jesus, by getting our family members. You know, I'm still praying for my cousin Terrence. I'm still praying for him. I mean, I believe that he's going to come to the Lord. And, you know, I, I believe it. And I know that there are people in your life that you are also believing for. Let us get ready for the coming of the Lord by telling other people about Jesus and by being a light. Someone else can join you on your way to heaven. Whenever Jesus comes and we hear the sound of the trumpet and the voice of command, and we will be all, and every one of us, those, those who are dead will rise first, and those who are still on earth will be caught up. 
and we will rise up with the Lord and we will be changed in a twinkling of an eye. And then we will go to be with Jesus in eternity. That is what the Word of God says and that's what will happen. Let's be ready and let's make sure that those around us and do, do our best to make sure that those around us will be ready as well. Amen? Amen. Let us continue in the faith. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, that even though we live in a world, God, that is, seems to be getting worse and worse, Lord, we know, God, that you continue to get better. And Lord, you are the solution. Lord, I pray, God, that we would not allow ourselves to get distracted by, by what we see around us, but instead to fix our eyes on you. Lord, that we would continue in the faith. Lord God, that we would continue, Lord, what we have learned, that we would continue to stand on the word. And God, that we would continue, God, to be a light to the world around us, Father. Help us to do that very thing, Lord. And I pray, God, that those around us, as we continue to be watchful of our life, God, I pray that those around us, Father God, would be encouraged to do the very same thing. Lord God, I pray that you would strengthen your people. God, bless them, God, and meet every need. In the name of Jesus, if you believe that, say amen and amen. Thanks again for joining us for this dynamic message from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.